Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Well, welcome to Dilly Ding, Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast and this one is to preview uh, Saturday's game against Chelsea. I've been down to the King. I'm Rob Tanner, Leicester City reporter. I'm joined by James, the sharp end uh, sharp, who is uh, my colleague covering Leicester City. And I've been down to the King Power Stadium today for Claudio Ranieri's pre-match press conference, and there was plenty to discuss. Most notably, the impending departure of Jeff Schluck. Yes, um, I throw it over to you. The um, one behind the story. What what do we know? so far about Schlupp? Well, today Claudio confirmed that he's had a chat with Jeff. Jeff wants to leave, and they've agreed. As long as they can get the right fee in for him, um, he will allow Jeff to leave the club. They rejected a £9 million bid from Crystal Palace, but it appears now that they are in advanced talks with Palace and close to agreeing a deal. Uh, We were expecting West Bromwich Albion to come in. They have maintained their interest in him since having a £12 million bid rejected in the summer. Uh, so we, we're guessing that the fee will be around that £12 million mark with Palace and they are in advanced talks. But it was some interesting comments from Claudio about him saying that Jeff hadn't quite fulfilled his potential yet, uh, so it's a shame that he's leaving the club. I think it's uh, rather reluctantly that he's let him go, but he said he couldn't stand in his way because it would be unfair because the, uh, Jeff has just grown... Um, Impatient with his lack of first team opportunities, so it looks like Jeff is on his way. Yeah, and uh, I think that is frustrating actually because, uh, as I said before, it's always fans love to see a player come through the ranks and we sort of Liam Moore the chance of one of our own. With the kind of growth of buying players in, fans love to see players coming through, and I think with obviously seen Andy King and Liam Moore and also Jeff Schluck come through, you like to see them develop and reach their potentials at the club but it does feel like Schlupp stagnated a lot and he's got so it's frustrating because he's got so he's got all the natural attributes are there the pace the power we've seen him at times to scare defenders but it's just that final product which has been dis- disappointing well, long term really and I think I think we're all kind of agreed that it's it's the right thing for both parties and if I was at City, I'd be more than happy with £12 million for Schluck. So how much game time he's had, he's had hardly any, and they're going to get £12 million from I think it's a great deal. Yeah, I thought it was inevitable, but you're right, it's just the final the ball that let him down. But that's often the case with young players, and they develop that as, they, as they're as they learning the game. But he's 24 now, and uh, he needs to play. It's a similar situation to we found Liam Moore in, and uh, you know, Liam's gone on to, to, to Reading and done very well there, so... Um, it looks like Jeff's off to for, join Sam Allardyce and we wish him all the best and there was some team news as well from the press today uh, Jamie Vardy uh, is back uh, after missing the Everton game through illness as is Andy King they've both trained fully this week both had a similar sort of sickness and, uh, and Jamie of course uh, became a father again 
uh, in the week as well. So plenty for him to, to celebrate. Good to have uh, Vars back. Yeah, it is. Um, Claudio made a bit of a joke about him in the press conference, didn't he? Yeah, he's on about uh, this. This is the fifth child that um, Jamie and Rebecca have had now between them, and he said that. Uh, if he wanted to be a manager, was he going to get all the way to the 11th? But he said, no, that's it, he's done now. So uh, Gladio sort of, uh, in his usual way, having a little quip about Vards. But uh, now the main man is back. And there was also a bit of news on Wilfred Ndidi. Gladio was asked if Ndidi, after his debut in the FA Cup, would make his Premier League debut against Chelsea. And he said pretty much yes. So we're going to see Wilfred Ndidi at the King Power Stadium for the first time. He was quite good last week, though, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Um and like some players who need time to develop to become Premier League players and settle to that pace yes it was only an FA Cup game but it was against Premier League opposition it looked like the natural pace of his game not necessarily speed wise although he did look like he had some pace behind him but the, just the natural speed of his game looked like it would suit the Premier League um, so that's good uh, he worked it looked like he was helped by the fact they played in three in midfield because they can kind of share the load of responsibility and defensive work between them, um, and which looked solid. The problem that they had in the first half at Everton was that while the positives of that system are that you're more defensively solid, it became a bit more difficult to get forward, especially when Leo Ujel was the target man, because there's not the kind of the dynamism there that was with Vardy, which is great while now that Vardy is back. It, hopefully, Vardy will suit that system because Mendy and Nadidi and Drinkwater can win the ball back deep. And then you've got the Vardy outlet to get forward, which we saw in the second half with Musa. Um, he suited that system, and so I think Vardy will, will will suit it as well. So two good bits of news, and I think. I think it'd be right as well to stick with that three-man midfield. A, it gives a bit of support from the Diddy. I mean, I think there's a reason why he, he uh, had a good debut because he had Mendy and Drinkwater alongside him, easing the burden on the on the lad. And if you went to a four. A four midfield against Chelsea they're just the two in the middle they could get overrun I mean you look talking about Kante, Matic, Fabregas the Hazard dropping in there you know it can get overwhelming for a youngster so I think they'd be wise to go with those uh, those three there natural I suppose because he's been, he's come in against Chelsea there's, there's going to be comparisons in the build up to this game with N'Golo Kante I mean Claudio was asked about that again at his press conference today and he said no there's no completely different players if anybody it can be compared to Kante, it's Papi Mendy and not uh, Wilfred Ndidi. But uh, now I think it's sort of unfair to give anybody, make any comparisons with uh, Kante because Kante is unique and he's making his return. Yeah, it's interesting though that he says that Mendy is more like um, uh, Kante because when Mendy was signed, the whole thing was no, he's not the same player as Kante. He was scouted before Kante. They are different players. So it's almost like Ranieri's just taking the pressure off the player that needs the pressure being taken off. So when Mendy was fresh, they was like, no, 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 he's not the new Kante. But now Ndidi's here, he's like, no, 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 he's not the new Kante. Mendy was. So it looks like it's kind of him. But Ndidi's stats were the ones that kind of were more like Kante in the tackling things. Mm. He's going to be, it's natural that he's going to be compared to, uh, to Kante because of how much they miss him, but I think that can only really that can only really harm him if fans look at him and try and compare him because no one's like Kante, are they? No. Kante's just a different beast. I mean, effectively, they played a three-man midfield exactly, yeah. last season with Kante because of the work he did, and uh, I think it'd be unfair to expect the same from the did, especially when he's coming into a, a new league 
he's only had a one week's full training so mm. I certainly don't think any comparisons could be drawn on Saturday bet- between the two but interestingly Claudio said that um, Kante should get a warm reception from the Leicester fans there shouldn't be any booing he uh, went into some depth about the process in which um, Kante left he was quite certain that after the Euros that uh, Kante uh, wanted to leave and wanted to take up the opportunity at Chelsea so how do you feel about uh, Kante's return what sort of reception do you think he should get and what reception will he get and that's the key isn't it he should get he should get a, a great reception because of what he did for the team and what he he was one of the most influential parts of the team that won the Premier League for the first time in the club's history so he will forever be an immortal his face is you know was defaced his face is etched into a um, onto a wall in Leicester and he will be for a long time he will always be remembered so I think it's only right that he gets given the warmest and I think there will be a few um, bitter people in the crowd who see his decision to join Chelsea as some kind of treachery so I'm, we saw it in the in the game at, um, at Stamford Bridge he got booed by a certain section of the fans and that section of the fans kind of reduced throughout the game and at the end it was probably only like one little bloke jeering <laughs> as he came off but I think you might once the final whistle, uh, once the, the the first whistle goes, I think you might get a bit of bit of stick. But I hope it's more playful than anything else. No, I don't think it'll be too much. I think that he will get booed, but I don't think it will go over the top. Yeah, I think the vast majority of fans will acknowledge that he has played a great part in Leicester's history. And of all the players from last season, he was always the one that fans had the feeling that he wouldn't stay around, um, and that's how it panned out. So I, it wasn't as though it was a surprise that it happened. So I think. The majority of the fans, they're, they're reasonable and like they're, they, they understand that he deserves the res- respect because he was a great part of the greatest team in the greatest season in Leicester's history. And I think unarguably as well, the player of 2016, and he won the title with Leicester City and played such a pivotal role in that and then he went to Chelsea and the side that struggled so badly last season and now top of the table coming to the King Power Stadium so yeah, he certainly played a big role in, in their transformation under Antonio Conte but it's going to be a massively tough game for Chelsea, uh, for Leicester City on, on Saturday against Chelsea I, I know they're smarting from the defeat to Spurs but that, before that 13 game winning streak to win 13 consecutive games in the Premier League you've got to be a good side and uh, Antonio Conte's got his tactics right this is going to be a real tough it is where do you where do you think Leicester can if at all get at them we're at the back. That's the only area. I mean, David Luiz looks vulnerable. He's great on the ball. He's great when he's given time. Vardy running at him, that's got to be the key. Um, that's the only way. They've got to be brave. I don't think they can sit back and try and contain them, especially not at home. They've got to take the game to Chelsea and run the risk that you know they could get picked off. But it uh, be interesting to see what sort of tactics Claudio employs uh, against the, his fellow Italian uh, on Saturday and uh, how they go about it. So I hope they're not too cautious. Yeah, because... Obviously, if you look at the, the game against Spurs, which is their first defeat in a long time in the in the league, both of those goals came from headers. Um, but Leicester are without any sort of target man height now because Solani is obviously off at the African Cup of Nations, and Ujel, we found out today, is still struggling with a thigh injury, so he won't be involved. So there's no real aerial threat there for Leicester. So that kind of that isn't an area where Leicester will really be able to attack them that much apart from maybe at set pieces with Robert Huth and Wes Morton there but in terms of 
striking being up there, it's going to have to be mm. a, an attack with pace as opposed to an attack with an aerial kind of battering ram, I suppose. And it was uh, a midfield player making a run yeah. into the box that to score those goals as well. But then is tall, isn't he? So. Yeah, but none of the Leicester City three tend to get forward much. If, if anybody at Everton, it was Danny Drinkwater that was getting forward more. So I can't see Danny breaking into the box and, mm. and winning headers. So they might have to find another way. I mean, running the channels, they play three centre-backs, running the channels with Vardy seems to be the best way. And Musa, if they can get those, because Musa was electric last week when he came on, uh, if they can get those two firing again, then uh, you know that, that could be their Leicester's only, only way through the Chelsea door and uh, it'll be an interesting one uh, other other little bits of snippets coming out of the uh, press conference today Claudio obviously won the FIFA best coach award in the week um, rather comically said uh, he'd, he'd, he'd have less honours because there's a plethora of honours now that he and his players Vardy and Mares have won less honours more points would be the key and I think you know I think that's the reality of the situation now that Leicester City are getting to the stage now where yeah it's great to have all the kudos and the applause and the awards and we've got the Leicester Mercury Awards tonight as well um, but they want points it's, the, it's, a, it's a situation where they're only six points above the bottom three uh, Christian Fuchs made some comments yesterday as well didn't he? Yes he's on um, on TalkSport giving uh, his views and he said that he was 100% certain that Leicester would survive um, which is nice to hear it's, I mean we were worried for a minute but um, if Christian Fuchs says it's 100% certain then it's Probably 100% Well, that's what we like. Positivity. And on that positive note, we'll end this edition of Dilly Ding, Dilly Dong. Um, join us next week when we reflect on the Chelsea result, whatever the outcome will be, and uh, look forward to their next big game because every game is a big game in the life of Leicester City. So, thank you for dropping by. <laughs>